whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ageless. So today I am joined with my friend, Elsie Hewitt, who I'm sure you have seen her super hot Instagram photos, modeling, (laughs) all of that. But also, I hope you have seen her food account, Elsie Eats, because that's what I am here for. I am your biggest fan, Elsie. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I love how much you love the LCEs. Dude, it's the most insane. It's like the sickest thing ever. You guys all have to check it out. So Elsie and I met actually through my friend Charlotte Lawrence, who was one of our first ever guests on Ageless. I feel like when I met you for the first time, we just literally talked for hours because Elsie is like just open. Like I had never met somebody who was so vulnerable and open with me, like right upon meeting them. And I just think it's so rare to find someone who is so self-aware and so reflective, especially like growing up in New York or LA or wherever. It's so rare. So yeah, I guess we can just jump right in. I want to hear about moving to LA and what that was all like. I know you started modeling when you were so young. So how did that all come about? So I actually moved to LA when I was 10 and I moved with my whole family. So it was me and my two sisters. I'm in the middle and it was for my dad's job. So we all moved out here, been here since I was 10. And then I finished high school early because I actually had like not the best time in high school. I didn't just, I always, I always did really well in school. I always had really good grades. I was always like excelled in the like academic aspect of things. But then once I reached like my teenage years, those years coincided with like some really intense like life events. And I just like totally stopped applying myself in school. So college was never really an option for me. And so I finished school early. I got my GED thing and I just have been working ever since. And there's like still days every single couple of months where I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I should be in college. But yeah, I've just been working ever since I was 17, 18. But I only really started modeling, like actually like booking work when I was like 19 But yeah, I will say that like starting out modeling at such a young age when you're already in an insecure place in your life and you struggle with your mental health and your body already, it's like probably the most unhealthy environment you can insert yourself into. And in those early days, were you signed with a modeling agency or how did those first jobs come about? So when I was 17, I signed with my first agency. I was a next And I was like with new faces and I didn't book anything. I like wasn't booking anything. And so then they just dropped me. I didn't even book a single thing. And then I signed with 
I met with every single agency in LA. Nobody wants to sign me, like no one. And then I met with this very small boutique agency and I signed with them and I was working like, like a re- I was working a retail job and then I was doing little jobs here and there to like, it would be like a hundred dollars a day here and there. And I would just mm-hmm. like work my ass off and save enough money so that I could move out. And then I ended up moving to New York. I signed with a boutique agency there. And that's when I started like booking things that like for someone my age, like it was paying me more. It was fine, but I was beyond miserable. And that was actually when I really started like struggling with my relationship with food, especially living in New York. And, you know, I was 19. So my body was also still developing. And I was in this in-between stage of like still being like really, really skinny, like childlike, but then also like developing into a more curvy woman or like, you know, I was getting a bigger butt and bigger boobs and like my face, I was still growing into my face. So I was always in between fashion and commercial and like it, something just wasn't really clicking. And so I really struggled with like my relationship with my body and my relationship with food for years. And were those initial jobs mostly commercial, like you were saying, or were they swim or were they high fashion? What was your work life like? It was so random. Like I had costings all the time. I wasn't with a very good agency. And so I wasn't really going out for like any of the things that I would have wanted to go out for. But I had like I did some, I did like fashion weeks. I walked for a couple cool, cool, like more high fashion brands. And then a lot, I did a lot of like fit modeling. I did some like random brands that I've never even heard of. I did some like athletic wear. I think that point in my career was the time which I was most in like the fashion industry. And then I was like, I'm so miserable. I'm heartbroken I had come out of like a terrible breakup and I was just like I just don't think I can do this anymore I think that New York is like the most amazing city ever and like still to this day I feel like there's so much like life for me out there but at the time I was like this is so dark I feel like Mm -hmm. New York can just be like a really dark place if you're not like thriving and so I moved back to LA and I kind of I think I remember because a lot of people ask like, oh, how did you build your Instagram? How did that come to be? And I think that I've always been so, so unbelievably hard on myself to the point where I'm always questioning like, what more can I do? What, how can I be productive? How can I take things into my own hands? How can I propel myself? How can I learn more and grow more and succeed? And I think I almost like reflect upon that and question that's so much like to a fault to where it might even hold me back sometimes because I can't just do. But I remember thinking this is like a tool that I could use. And it's, you know, I have this thing in the palm of my hand. I love photography. I love like composition. Like I know how to take a good picture. I'm just going to try and like build it and like start posting cute pictures and like pretty quickly I just like started gaining followers I don't know why I think it was just being like consistent with it and posting cute pictures (laughs) 
And then I moved back to LA and I feel like that's when I really embraced the like, I sort of stopped trying to be super, super skinny fashion girl. And I was like, maybe I will go back and be more like commercial and like focus on, or just like embrace the fact that I have boobs is basically (laughs) where I was at in my head. I mean, I think a ton of people can relate. And I also, what you were saying about wanting to constantly take things into your own hands, I think that's probably one of the biggest struggles of being a model or an actress is not having that freedom to take things into your own hands. Your job relies on getting chosen by someone else. And I think that can be so, so, so hard. So having a platform outside of that, that you do have complete creative control over is like so freeing to know that you can make those choices for yourself and be like your own curatorial genius, I think is so, so important. If you do primarily work in an industry that like control might not always be in your hands. So tell us about your struggles with food a little bit and how that led you to founding LCEs. Well, I love what you just said about, you know, not having control because just the industry and this like career path that I've chosen is the most inconsistent path of the least security you could possibly have. And so that's something that I actually really, 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 really struggle with all the time. It's like, I feel like I don't have control with modeling. You're kind of just waiting for somebody to tell you whether you're externally good enough to be what they want you to be for like a day, which is so awful. And so, so like detrimental to your mental health. And with acting, it can be a similar thing. You know, you can, you know, you're waiting for the auditions to come in. And when I came back to LA, I was really focused on acting, but I wasn't, I didn't ever really think that I could actually, like, I kind of, I always knew I wanted to act. That's always been like my number one thing. My number one passion is acting. Mm -hmm. I tried to really pursue that. And it's, you have to be like all in 100%. And I can say that within the last like year and a half, two years, I've, I'm like all in hundred percent, like everything that is my number one priority in life. But I did have this like very pivotal moment in 2018, probably around two years ago, where I was just like, what am I doing? I cannot rely on modeling as a career path because I will... I will like die. Like, I'm, this is just, I can't. Modeling in LA is such a different life. And 2017 was like probably one of the hardest years of my life. So I was, I was very confused. I was really, really, really struggling with my mental health. I felt no consistency in my life. I felt no structure. Every week was so different. And I was like fighting this inner battle because you know, I didn't know when the work was coming in. I didn't really want a model. So I didn't really care. So I wasn't really applying myself. I wasn't really doing the things that I should have been doing, like setting up my own photo shoots, working out any of that. All I ever looked forward to was when I got to eat food. And I had this breakdown and I got to this very like raw 
like rock bottom place where I was like, what? I, I feel like I have so much to like offer the world, but I have no idea how to apply myself. And I feel like the world is looking at me from such a two dimensional way. And maybe people care about what I do or whatever because of how I look and, you know, the way that I put myself out there on the internet. And that really made me feel terrible because I feel like I have so much to say and so much to share and so much to learn and so much to teach. And so I was like, what are the things that I just love? And obviously food is a huge passion of mine. And so is photography and so is film and so is being on camera and all of these things. And so it was almost like, I was like, why don't I just be authentic to who I am and and start documenting the fact that I'm going to now embrace this like journey I'm embarking on of like self-acceptance and trying to like repair my relationship with food and embrace the fact that I love it after suppressing it for so many years. I mean, maybe it sounds so silly, but there really is like a very, it means so much to me, the whole project, because Mm -hmm. Not only have I like learned so much and learned so much about myself and become so much more confident in who I am just by like simply pushing myself to be real and honest and put myself out there and not, you know, get over the fear of like what everyone was going to think of it. I was so scared. But it also is like the most amazing creative outlet for me. And it's something that I have full control over. And so in between the the modeling and the acting and the times in which, you know, there can be long waiting periods, especially now when we have no idea what is happening in the world mm-hmm. or like when we have no end date, we don't know, you know, we don't know when this is all going to be over. So it's a really nice thing for me to add structure to my life and like have as something that I can be constantly working on that is mine and where I'm learning and teaching and sharing. And Mm. that is my TED talk. Thank you so much for coming. (laughs) I love that. I mean, that's like, I think why I'm so drawn to it because, and I'm sure this goes for pretty much all of the followers on the Elsie Eats Instagram and YouTube, et cetera. I think it's like, you see you on your main Elsie account. And like, I mean, to anyone listening, Elsie is literally the hottest person you'll ever meet. Like you're (laughs) fucking perfect. I was born into the wrong body. I would just like to say that I truly believe I was not supposed to be born into this body. But like, you know how they say Barbie, like would never walk if Barbie was actually real. That is Elsie. So like that, I think people are like, how could this person also have like a personality and be funny and like look quote unquote bad in photos and like just be real. And I think that you show that side of yourself. So just like with so much vulnerability on the LC Eats page, which I think gives people the freedom to do the same, even if it's not even like about food at all. But I guess, what would you like to see within the the food realm that isn't there yet? I think that especially when it comes to food, and I think that this is probably why 
DLC thing speaks to people and why it's so important to me. And it's actually funny because I like steal this, like, what is it that he said? I like when I first met with my, with one of my managers, he was just like, for like lack of a better word, because like, I hate this word because it's thrown around so much, but like, it's totally authentic. I feel like that word, yes, it like gets overused, but like for lack of a better term, authenticity is so important when you're like figuring out your niche, niche. I never know how to pronounce that word correctly. I say niche. I don't know. (laughs) So I think that's so important. I mean, I've been developing a food show concept. I have two food show concepts that I've been working on. And I think I'm probably going to start like incorporating one of the ideas into my YouTube channel as like a short form content situation. It's just been hard to figure out because of quarantine, but I have a really fun idea that I think would be really fun to live on my YouTube. But in terms of just like what doesn't exist yet, I mean, I think, I think I've, I'm so inspired by the food world because, because the the possibilities are endless, because there's so much to learn, because because it's just fa- it's just fascinating to me. Like you think about the world and you think about all the different places in the world and the different cultures and the different countries and and the reasons that we ha- the reasons that we have the foods that we do and like the, it's I'm just like so so fascinated by it. Food is the number one thing that brings people together. What's better than like Thanksgiving? Just like having the best meal ever and just being mm-hmm. thankful, like. Mm-hmm. Holidays revolve around food and, you know, you celebrate around food and food is such a, like a vessel, like a staple. It's like a glue to like bring people together and connect. And I also think that through all of that, giving back is really important. And like realizing that there are so many people in this world who don't have the luxury of like what an amazing thing I get to do that I that I literally get to like eat all these different types of things and try all these different types of foods all over the world and and like explore these different places in LA and make these connections and build these friendships with like people that I look up to so much in the food industry. People don't get to do that. People there are so many people who do who go to bed hungry. Mm -hmm. And so that's also like a huge driving force behind my LC Eats, like with obviously with the clothing, because I have the merch and stuff and every item purchased equals one meal to someone in need because I partnered with Feeding America. So that's been amazing. Is that an okay answer? (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. Obviously, like I am so here for the philanthropic aspects of Elsie Eats as well. I think it's so cool that you decided to incorporate that as part of like the merch stuff, because especially like nowadays and this time that we're all going through, like it's made me realize the importance of daily gratitude and like having gratitude affirmations. And I think that giving back is like a way for me to experience that gratitude that I have like in my own life. But speaking of, you know, the, the, the connections that food brings, I think that 
I heard something recently. Um, and this woman was saying, there's only two relationships that like you have in life. One is with yourself, like outside of other relationships that you have with other people. One is with yourself and one is with food because there's just no way that you can like survive without those two relationships. And I think that, you know, diet culture, and I'm sure you experience this like with modeling and everything, it just takes away the the power that food can have to bring community, bring joy, bring connection. And I think if you're able to take away the cultural values that say, you know, eat less, look this way, look that way. Like, I just think that that is like what Elsie Eats brings to the world, which is so sick and why I'm such a fan again. But I guess I want to talk about your mental health journey. I know you've shared a lot about mental health during quarantine and your work prior to quarantine. So I would love to dive into that. How are you doing now? And I guess like what has your mental health journey looked like through all of this? I think I'm good. (laughs) I think I'm good. I like definitely have my days and like this year has been I've just been trying to figure out how I even feel about this year because there are certain days when I'll be dealing with my own inner things and then I'll try to like look outward and then I'm reminded that the state of the world we can like is it's just so upsetting and like so easily like debilitating almost. Yeah, very easily depressing and debilitating. And I'm just like, oh my God, like every time I think this year can't get more like confusing or messed up, it somehow does. But I also think that like having however much time it's been since the pandemic began and, you know, not having the outside world even really be, you know, like I don't have the structure or the routine of my everyday life and like my life changed so much because of quarantine that I think it really really forces you to like be alone with your thoughts and like sit with yourself and let me find this thing that I wrote actually because it was about I was sitting in a sauna last week and I don't know what made me write this whole thing but I was like I feel like the impact of just COVID-19 on people's mental health has been so crazy and so bad. So many people are struggling with it. And I like, it makes me so happy that like to hear that you're in a good place mentally. And I totally feel you on like how much work it probably took to get there because we're fully adjusting to this totally new lifestyle, at least in my experience. And I think that it's really good that you've been able to like overcome and adjust, but then you're also like, what am I adjusting for and to and for how long? And it's just all these unknowns that we're living in. Mm -hmm. And like, I definitely go through times where I'm able to sit back and be a lot easier on myself. I'll be like, you know what? Like, you're okay. It's okay. It's going to be fine. You're going to figure it out. You're going to 
do all the things that you say you're going to do in this life. You're going to succeed. Cause that's like my biggest fear. I think it's failure or not mm-hmm. getting to where I want to be. And I carry like a really heavy weight with that. And I often find myself feeling like I don't even know how to feel or I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. But, and also like social media, I feel like gives people a very skewed idea of, of how people are living and how people are feeling. Like mm-hmm. some people I'll talk to and they're just like, you know, doing the same exact thing they've been doing since March. But then I'm also seeing people traveling all over the world and working again. And I'm like, what, what are we like? What, what am I supposed to be doing? I need to not compare myself to other people, but how can I do more? And it's definitely added like a whole another aspect of the confusion that I feel about where I'm at, because I'm always so in my head about it. I'm always thinking about it. Like, it's good that I always like check in with myself, but I'm constantly thinking about like how I'm feeling or what I'm doing or if I'm doing enough and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like we're living in a world that is in a lot of pain and I don't, maybe it's because I live in like a bubble and like, it's easy to feel like living in New York or living in LA and like having your own algorithm can feel like you're living in a little bit of your own bubble But I feel like from what I'm seeing, like people aren't talking about how it's affecting them that much. Mm -hmm. And I do think that I want to actually speak about that more on my own channels. But I've also kind of just shied away from social media a little bit because I will just find myself like aimlessly scrolling and like I don't really, I just try to not look at it as much. And so I also don't really post on on it as much I'm not as active at least on my stories and such but then I have days where I totally am I don't know I'm like completely blabbering but overall I would say I'm 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 doing okay and I just think that this is a really really hard time for anyone at any age like my heart breaks for these kids that are like going to school and don't know if they're even, and like, you know, their parents don't know if they're safe or kids that have to stay at home and do schoolwork on the computer mm-hmm. in their most formative years of their life when they should be like making their first friendships and learning the first, you know, having their first like interactions and connections as human beings. And they're missing out on that because they're sitting in front of a screen because they yeah. can't go outside like the most vital times of their lives. And then, you know, being a young adult and not really knowing what track you're on um, and feeling so up in the air. And then, you know, for older citizens of the world who are at risk, I just feel like it's a, it's just a really um, hard time. And there's also been like so much invalidation from obviously the leader of this country. So yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of a... Ta- uh, you know, tapping the surface of how I feel. It's like changes every day. I definitely have days where I'm like, oh my God, I feel amazing. I feel great. I like, I'm on this medication that I feel like I finally found like a good, like, like the a dose that feels right for me. So that's, that's been really good because that took me like a year to figure out. I mean, I completely agree. I think there's like, it's just a lot. Like you 
lay down in bed at night and like you can feel the weight of the pain that like yeah. we're Just, like, all the of like the wall, totally collective like trauma that we're all going through and I don't think that we can fully understand like the long-term mental health effects of what's going on right now but I think that a huge issue for me is what you were saying about how if your biggest fear is failure which is definitely mine for sure I like can relate to that fully I think that having to be unproductive is really hard and I think that like taking productivity into your own hands a little bit with a project or a side hustle or whatever it can feel very freeing and for those of us who do have the privilege to spend time doing those things like that has been so helpful for me is like doing things like this and you know working on my social media and that sort of thing that like brings connection and collaboration and freedom of control that like we're all feeling that loss of control completely Mm -hmm. that's like you can almost feel like you're just literally like spinning out so yeah I just think that like having things that you can control and thinking about those things often whether it be the time you wake up your creative side project whatever it is like finding those things brings me so much stability in a time that there's like literally none and it's also been like really special to be able to actually have the time to focus on creating that stability because you don't have as much pressure from all the shit that's going on outside of your little realm you know what I mean I also find that like it just takes a lot of willpower to like stick to things that like waking up at the same time every day I need to be better about but like I totally agree like creating that routine for yourself is a total it's like Mm life-changing if you're just kind of floating along it's so easy to just like fall out of but I am like so like ever since the beginning of all of this I feel like we go through little stages where we'll just reach out and be like, I love everything you're doing. I'm so proud of you. And I feel like, like of everyone I see, I feel like you're the most like consistent, knowledgeable. You teach so much, you share so much, like everything you're posting is so great. I feel like you're up and doing it every single day and like learning new things and documenting them and sharing them with the world and like building your platform and your brand and it's like totally unique to you and it's a mix of so many different things and you have like such a specific vibe like it's it's like curated so well like because I always get in my head I'm like does my like what am I even like what is the point of my Instagram my regular Instagram at least and I feel like yours is like this perfect mix of so many things that like I, I just love it I love it you're so cute you put so much like care and love into it and it shows like it's 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 authentic you know I often feel very lost though too I mean I try to like stick to a certain thing I mean part of this 
podcast is like interviewing a bunch of different people because I often feel like where am I headed in my career? I think like speaking to different people who are so passionate about what they do is like, it helps me in finding my purpose. And I guess I would like to ask you how you're feeling right now, like overall in your career, what are you, I know you said you're like way more invested in acting now. How are you feeling about Elsie Eats, modeling, acting, balancing all of that, and just like where your career is headed at the moment? I feel good. I feel probably for the first time in my life, like I have, (laughs) I have like, extended periods of time where I'm like fully convinced that I can actually do the things that I want to do in the world and like my self-worth is definitely building and getting better but I will always be like the first person to admit that like I have no idea I have no idea what I'm doing like I am an open book about my mental health and my struggles and I feel like I've been that way since I sort of like set myself free a couple years ago by sharing how much I struggle because with that whole feeling like people are only seeing me so two-dimensionally with that also came I'm I'm a human being who's like in pain like I'm really struggling I feel things so deeply I struggle so much with my anxiety and I have clinical chronic depression and so I opened up about that and I felt like I had to because everything I was seeing and everything I was taking in was just feeling like a constant like you're not good enough you're not good enough you're not happy enough you're not doing enough with your life and it was like all of this content that I was consuming I felt like people are putting on such a curated version of their own lives which is fine but like I don't know why there's this culture of embarrassed like people are embarrassed to be struggling and like I was so ashamed of it for so 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 long Mm -hmm. and so I've always I feel like now I'm almost like too honest about days when I'm like not not feeling the best and I've also learned that like by being more open about it like it makes it more real and it makes it something that you can't just hide from and pretend doesn't exist you have to like fully face it head on every day. And I know that, you know, the stuff that goes on in my head and the issues that I have, that's going to be something I live with for the rest of my life that I have to manage every single day. It's not just going to go away, but they're all things that like make me who I am. And I think that like a lot of the qualities and attributes about myself that I really love my ability to be really empathetic and the fact that I'm like really kind and um, I can be like self-aware and I want to work really hard and I want to help people and use my voice. I think all of that comes from pain, you know, and like how, like I have a good sense of humor, I think. And I think that's like yin yang type, type things. So yeah, I'll always be the first to admit when I have no idea. I feel like that was one of the things we talked about when we hung out and just spent hours talking, it's just like how important it is to be open about that stuff because it's like such a part of the human experience. And I don't know why it is so stigmatized 
but yeah, I mean, I, I like to try and imagine where I'll be in like a couple or a few years. And like, I, I really hope that I'll be filming like some really amazing movies that I connect to that speak to people that connect or that people connect to and getting to express myself through that. And that I will have established myself even further in the food world So I try to just kind of like focus on those goals. And while it is hard to have an idea or know how to feel about the trajectory I'm on, I feel, I feel good. Like, I feel like I, I believe that it's all going to be okay. And even when I say that, there's a piece of me that's like, wait, is that true? Do you really feel that way? But I have like an amazing team And like, Mm -hmm. I love the people that represent me and like, they teach me so much and I'm able to be pretty busy when I get auditions coming in. Like I'm doing self tapes every week. And so I think it's only a matter of time before something really starts to come of that. And yeah, I guess that, I guess that sounded like really negative and like morbid and like, but like, I think my disposition is that of like a more pessimistic person. But, but yeah, no, I mean, like my life objectively is incredible and I'm working really hard and that's what makes me feel the best is just like applying myself wherever I can. I think that's also what you were saying about like people not, sharing too much about their mental health struggles. I think that a lot of it comes from the fact that especially for those of us who have objectively good lives, it's very, I feel a lot of guilt talking about any sort of mental struggles because I'm so privileged. Like even having food on the table and a roof over my head is like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, a fraction of the entire world. And on top of it, I have like an amazing support system, an amazing family, amazing friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just think that sometimes it's like, I feel like my struggles are invalidated by those things that I have been given. But I think recently somebody was telling me that like, I love that quote that I believe it's, you can't fill others up if you're not, if your cup isn't filled first. And I know that regardless of how grateful I am for everything in my life, if I'm not taking the time for myself and prioritizing my mental health just as much as I prioritize my physical health, my relationships, whatever, I'm not going to be able to uphold all of those commitments that I've made to myself. And that is like just so important for like long-term success at the end of the day also is like having those commitments to yourself and knowing that you're able to simply function like on like a mental health level, simply like get through the day. And that can be tough sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Regardless. I also think that like everything you just said about feeling like your struggles or like maybe there's like a little bit of shame that comes with your own struggles with your mental health or feeling like 
you know, looking around you and not being able to figure out why you don't feel content or happy. And like with privilege, I'm sure there is like a level of guilt that comes with like not just feeling great and being grateful all the time. And like, I feel that all the time too. Like when I post pictures of myself crying and stuff, people are always like, why would you, like, why are you crying? Like, why would you ever post a picture of yourself crying? And I'm like, because I cry, because like crying is a really big part of my life. But I think there's something to be said about feeling like you're not allowed to not feel okay because of all the good that you have and, you know, all the good that we have. But there is no, you know, it would be so easy to be like, you know, there are people in third world countries that don't have food, that don't have running water, that don't have a roof over their head. And that is so true. And that is such, it's such an injustice. And it's so, it's such an easy thing to think about, to be like, oh no, I should just be really grateful right now because I do have all those things. Mm-hmm. But there is no like scale of like what suffering is more valid than, than others, mm-hmm. you know, like what it's I, all relative. I, yeah, exactly. It's all relative. So like what I have lived through and the circumstances that I was born into and the life that I live, the trauma that I've experienced and the, the fears I have, like, that's my own scale. And that's, that's all I know. There are people in, in in other parts of the world and like all over the place who are living such wildly different lives with such wildly different circumstances and different struggles. But it doesn't mean that like the pain that they're feeling is not as deep and dark as like the pain that we can be feeling over like fear of failure and and the way that social media negatively impacts us. It's like it's all relative is really the simplest way to put it I think in the past few months I've like accepted the fact that I need to show up for myself regardless of like that guilt that I might feel about having to deal with mental health struggles even though I'm so lucky and so grateful and you can be both you know and you can have you can feel gratitude and you know you can feel joy and also feel sad and feel pain and feel all of that. And in order to like deal with your circumstances and deal with the struggles in your life, because everyone has them, no matter how great objectively their life is in order to deal with those things, you also have to be working on your mental health. So I guess something that I've learned in the past few months and starting to go to therapy and all of that But I guess let's switch gears a little bit and bring it up a little bit at the end here. And I would love to hear your favorite cuisine and your favorite restaurants in LA. Okay. This is always a really hard question for me because it's changing all the time and it depends on like what I'm craving. But I feel like overall my like favorite cuisine is Italian food. Oh, I just love Italian food. I can't, I can't stop thinking about 
pasta in New York. I can't stop thinking about Bar Pity and Carbone. Oh, it's so good. It's so Bar good. Bar Pity is my favorite restaurant in it's New York. so good. That one, oh my God, the like ta- Tagliatelle, whatever. I can't even pronounce it. I should really be able to Rigatoni Pitti. Yeah, that one. But so I like good. to get it with the thin. Oh, I like to get it with the Pabadeli noodles. Okay, everyone take notes on that. Yeah, it makes it so much better, I swear. So I love Italian food. Um, favorite restaurants in LA? I have a list kind of changes um, here and there, but like I have like a big mix of like nice restaurants that I go to out here. It's like my nice dinner spots. Like I love Petit Toit. I post about that all the time. It's like the French place like the best but oh my god they just have such good stuff they have two locations i love babel or bavel downtown they're like the classic la staples like apple pans like one of the best burgers and then i also just have a handful of like hole in the wall places and like small little like authentic spots that i really like that aren't like i i could not care less about having a place be like nice at all like I love I actually quite like eating in a place that is not super nice because then you can really focus on the food Mm -hmm. like there's this place called Baru I actually don't know if they're still open I know that they shut down and then they reopened in a new location out here and it was like in this tiny little like oh god it wasn't it was at first it was in a strip mall and, and then it was in more of like a it's like one big room with like a bunch of different like stands. Oh, okay. It was like, it's very like hole in the wall, like not super nice. The food is just insane. And then there are places like more East that have amazing Chinese food. I love this place, Beijing Pie House. I did a video for them on my Else Eats. Oh my God, the food is so good. And some really good like taco trucks when you go down to uh towards like vernon area like like downtown downtown has some really good food john of vinnie's i always love huge fan what else is there i don't know there's so much good stuff honor bar crispy chicken sandwich oh i could just go on and on uh, <laughs> sounds so good and i'm getting so hungry but yeah like I've learned so much about food too in the last couple of years. And like, I've learned much more about cooking and just, I've just been trying to like learn as much as I possibly can about it. And I feel like I've learned so much. It's been great. I love that. So everyone literally take notes on those restaurants. But to end off here, one question that we ask all of our guests on Ageless is what do you want to be when you grow up? So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. An astronaut. <laughs> I love I that. Be when I grow up. That's like what I would say. When I, was, when I was younger, when I would be asked that question, when I was a little girl, I'd say an astronaut. I would always say an actress, but now I call myself an actor. An astronaut, a cartoonist, and an environmentalist. <laughs> Those were all oh the things God. that I wanted to be. And I, it's weird. I was never like, I want to be a chef or a food, whatever. Mm-hmm. I always knew I wanted to act. I always just knew I wanted to like perform and be the center of attention. I am obsessed with space and like, I want to be an astronaut. 
I love that. That's so (laughs) sick. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. So tell our listeners where they can find you and keep up with you. Okay. So my Instagram is just Elsie, E-L-S-I-E. The real good stuff is Elsie Eats, which is E-L-S-I-E Eats, (laughs) E-A-T-S. And then I have my- Spelling B vibe. (laughs) And then- I have my YouTube, which is just Elsie Eats, or maybe it's Elsie Hewitt. I should probably know that. ElsieEats.com is where you can find my clothes, my Elsie Eats clothing and my merch, which is really fun. And I'm about to actually launch a new set for pre-order next week. So it'll be available in October at the end of next week. And then like, they will be available for sale next month as well. I'll have like embroidered, like really cool cut and sew sets and then t-shirts. And where else can you find me? That's pretty much it. Anything else we can link in the description. So Twitter. Elsie Rose Hewitt. I wish it was just Elsie for everything, but it isn't. It's like Twitter is Elsie Rose Hewitt. YouTube is Elsie Eats. Instagram is Elsie, Elsie yeah. Eats. People take my name now, but it's fine. Uh, well, Elsie is such a cool one to have. Oh, on Facebook, Elsie Hewitt, official. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. I literally, like, you are the realest, just, like, rawest person ever. So thank you so much for, like, being able to dive into some heavy shit. I think we all need that honesty sometimes because obviously like we're all fronting on Instagram being like life is great Uh when I know a lot of us can like relate to what you're talking about and your struggles and everything Uh and yeah I think we're all guilty of like the highlight reel which everyone talks about I'm I'm totally guilty of it yeah but like That's not to say that like the moments in which I'm like smile, it's not like it's all fake, but it is like which it's, it's the highlight. Yeah. All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. 